The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up. Welcome to the Fair to Stop podcast panel, the number one show where police meet society and culture today's episode the insurrection resurrection with my co-host uh drew breezy the easy drew breezy baby we're gonna have a killer show today good morning drew it's good to see you brother uh today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash wolfpack and our new our newest member of the wolfpack team stamps.com so you can go to stamps.com forward slash uh wolfpack uh i'll be doing all of our shipping from right here in our office. You think I'm going down to the post office like a peasant? Absolutely not. I could schedule my pickup right here from the comforts of my own studio. Uh, we actually have a, a last call giveaway, which speaking of last call, we do four shows a week on this podcast network. We have uh, True Crime Tuesdays with myself and Andrea Uplate. We've got uh, Last Call, which is all the other news so that you don't sound like an asshole. Uh, first responder at your civilian barbecue gives you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. Got the comm center with uh, Jonathan Bates and Drew Breezy. Uh, Drew's the host. Jonathan Bates is the co-host there. They had a banger of a show yesterday. One of their best yet. So make sure you go over and listen to comm center after this. Of course, Friday's our breakdown. We might even have a Monday show coming up here pretty soon. Uh, but that's all in the works. More to follow on that. If you want to support the show, hit that like and follow subscribe button. Uh, if you want to be a paid member on the YouTubes, go to the YouTubes and become a paid member. You got to do it on desktop. Super chats are back. So you can super chat us. All that money comes to helping us grow in the year, getting better internet, getting better equipment. We're making a lot of changes um, on the podcast. We're really growing super fast and that's exciting. Our numbers are way up and, and, uh, and that's great because it just means that there's uh, a lot of support for law enforcement officers. And, and obviously there's a need for a show like this. Um, yeah. Uh, we got the meetup on April 12th. Let's not forget about that. It's Wednesday, April 12th. Last call. I mean, the uh, one more and I'm out of here, guys, will be joining us. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, for the news, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of news out there. We're going to skip the news because today's episode is going to be a little bit longer. It's the Insurrection Resurrection, which is why I'm wearing this ridiculous hat right now, Drew. Where's your Insurrection hat? Uh, uh, I definitely misheard the title when you, uh, when you pitched it to me. So I'm wearing something, but it's not. Oh, you thought it was insurrection erection. I did brought to you by Blue Chew. (laughs) Brought to you by Blue Chew, right. Last month's after. The official, uh, I don't know if they're affiliated with anything to do with January 6th. I doubt well, we're going to talk a lot about it. The The insurrection has been resurrected by Tucker Carlson, who, uh, who released some footage and some tapes and had a monologue about it, which gave Drew Breezy an insurrection erection. We've been debating it for the last three days. We'll talk about it here. We'd like to see what you guys in the chats think. Uh, thank you for the $50 coming over from David J. So supporting the FTS crew since my supervisor said I'm not allowed to listen to the show on Fridays while at my desk. Well, Dude, if you, if you, you know, what, what do they say? Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Tell your boss that <laughs> uh, David, we have a uh, lot of David people in the J- live chats and we thank you guys so much for su- supporting us. A lot of paid members in the live chats today too. Lumber chef, Falconator, Marines, bloodbath, Sarah Kelch, Hinkline Flyco, uh, Hinkline Flyco. I think that's a new paid member. 
have you ever recognized that name? Hink line. I have not. Okay. That's a new one. That's a new one. Thank you so much. Lumber chef. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, the show is growing and, and, you know, thank you to guys like Jonathan Bates, dead like media underpaid producer who are just going all in to make this such a great show and, and provide so much more value and entertainment to you guys. Uh, as we go through the year. So thank you. Hydra man blue throwing us $20. Thank you so much. Uh, you do still sound like an asshole on the weekends. Hydra man blue. Um, you always, you, I've met you once. And, uh, that was my first thought was, wow, this guy's an asshole, but I like it. I like assholes. Cause I'm an asshole. Takes one to know one. I have done my research on Hinkline Flyco, and it, it, that person has apparently been listening since day one and thinks that we rock. <laughs> well, I'm an asshole. Um, he's been listening since day one, but has he been a paid member since day one? I don't know. Maybe, you know, there's a, there's a whole silent majority, which, you know, is probably what we're going to talk about in, in our debate today. But, uh, th there's probably a whole faction of, of people that just silently, uh, <laughs> you know, when I started social media after retirement, I, I actually had to sit down with the, the person that I used to work for the sheriff that I used to work for, we had to talk about a different issue. And uh, I told him, you know, I, I'm meeting some good success in social media because I'm getting texts and emails from all my friends that I used to work with. But they're saying, hey, look, we love what you're doing. Keep doing it. We just can't like it <laughs> or we just can't <laughs> share it because, you know. So I, I think that there's probably a whole faction of people that just uh, would prefer to remain, exercise their right to remain silent and just enjoy what we have to say. Yeah, um, empowered to them. And it's weird that we live in a day and age in the United States where we have to have a silent majority. It's, it's very awkward that there's, it seems like every day there's a new word that we can't say. Um, it, it, every day there's something else that we can't talk about, you know, can't have a, a healthy debate, Ukraine being one of them. Um, you know, if you, if you try to raise any questions about Ukraine, you're automatically some kind of Russian communist supporter or propaganda supporter. Very, very weird times, but it's a great time to be alive because it's so entertaining. It's so gosh darn entertaining. And uh, but I'm only going to address the chats one more time before we get started. But uh, because it, because 99 percent of our, our listenership comes from listens. So if I keep addressing the live chat, our listeners on podcast are like, Jesus, guys, come on. But uh, just because you do not take interest in politics doesn't mean politics don't take interest in you. Mm. Twenty dollars. To say That's that. a Pericles quote. Oh, I didn't know what that word was, so I just left that out. I, I figured I'd help you out with that. Uh, do we have any reviews lined up for today, Elijah? I know that you had internet. I'm saving. All I'm saving some for next week. You're gonna save them for next week. That's good. For, uh, there's a big winter I, storm going through Michigan, so we're luckily to e lucky to even have our producer with us today. Uh, his internet is very squashy. It literally so kicked back on ten minutes before I don't the show have started. I don't have a review, but I have a request for a review. Okay. Can you review uh, something for me? Yes. Go ahead. This is a little BTS, guys. A little behind the scenes. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't enjoy this. But uh, Eric, can you please <laughs> review the thin biscuit? Yeah. So what you have done is screenshot very maturely. Um, it was very Nancy Pelosi of you. Um, <laughs> I, that one. That's a, a beautiful mullet. That is Jeff Gordon's jealous of this mullet. Um, I was Shoulder. hungry on my way into. It's very cold, wet, and rainy. Um, and I stopped by Biscuitville, and they have an option for a thin biscuit, which is less calories and less carbs. It's literally just a thinner biscuit. 
I, <laughs> I hope to, I aspire to be a thinner biscuit one day and, yeah. and, uh, I'm working on that. So hopefully by April I'll be a thinner biscuit and I'll be able to stop by biscuitville. Well, it's Clayton, walking North distance Carolina. from the hotel that everybody's going to, but uh, you're not going oh. to that hotel, but, uh, it's a well, walking distance it's literally right in front. And so all you guys can go over there and enjoy a thin biscuit, just like myself. All right, let's jump into today's topic of discussion, the insurrection, resurrection. We covered this on Failure to Stop um, maybe a year ago, um, very detailed with myself and Mike the Cop. And we went through the rank structure. We went through the entire breakdown as the majority of our breakdowns go. We, we talk about the totality. Because we're revisiting this, I'm not going to go through all that again. We just thought that it would be a good time to do this because – Frankly, um, I'm in I'm in contact pretty often, more often than not, with Capitol Police officers, more than one, and uh, they reach out to me and 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 because they enjoyed that episode that we did, and they said that we pretty much hit the nail on the head on that last episode. It was before anybody really knew a lot. We had to really dig deep for that information, and um and so we met some sources that are lifelong friends now. Actually, one of them has come and visit visited me. Uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is very nice and very cool. And um, so, and I've got to hear their story. And I will tell you that I hope that the one gentleman who may or may not be a supervisor or was a supervisor at one point, uh, I hope that when he retires, he writes a book or maybe I can help him write a book on those incidents because the stories he tells me just from that day, lifelong memories. Um, and, and I, and, and because I've talked to him and I know their personalities and I've had, and I've, and I've joined with them personally. I, I believe everything that they say. And I do think that my personal opinion is that it was a very dark moment in the American history. Now I, I, I drew, you might disagree with me on that. Um, you're no. pretty steadfast in not calling it an insurrection. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely steadfast in not calling it an insurrection. Let me, let me lay out my case like of, of my experience with U S Capitol police. First of all, uh, the 20, 2012 Republican National Convention was here in Tampa. We, uh, I, I was in a, uh, I was in a position. Um, I, I worked in criminal intelligence at the time, so I, my duty during the RNC, I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Believe me, I, I know and I understand this. My duty was to protect the sheriff. Like I was, I was right at his side. I was one of two people that were uh, driving and protecting our sheriff, and as such. Like we were privy to all of the meetings that had to do with dignitary protection. So as you can imagine, um, we did, we had a lot of interaction with the U S Capitol police. And when you say uh, lifelong friends, that's exactly how those guys are like, and, and I'm painting with a broad stroke on this because it's so positive. We had such a blast with those guys. They were great. Or they are, they're just great cops, just great people. But like any other agency, they have, tens and ones i mean it's it's the same thing that we have um and i don't think anybody would dispute that now even even as recent as a few years ago um somebody i was involved with and i took a trip to washington dc and and somebody that uh i befriended from the the rnc actually took us around on a, a, a tour of the entire capital and took the time and and we were treated like royalty i mean like I, i'm telling you these cops uh, are, are true, good-hearted, kind people. And there's one thing that I, I know for a fact or that, that I, I can see the common theme. Um, 
they are nonpartisan. They are the true, like I, I had a, a, an extensive experience working with the secret service task force where I was involved uh, on a liaison level in dignitary protection. And you have to make sure that you're there for the protection of the dignitary. It doesn't matter who it was or who it is. So if it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump, your focus is on the crowd and making sure that nothing happens to that person. It's got nothing to do with politics. And I'm glad you brought that up really quick. I just want to interrupt you really fast in my conversations yeah. with this guy. And we talked about this on our, our old episode. Um, yes, you're correct that they are nonpartisan. However, um, what I was told and the conversation I've had, and when I talked about this on the other episode, not to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to beat it anyway. They had a conversation where he told me politics leading up to the, in, the January 6th insurrection, politics were always off the table because you could get fired very quickly for bringing politics into the workplace because a Capitol Police officer should not have – they can have their personal politics, but, like, you are so afraid of a Capitol Police officer of letting anybody know, left or right, where you stand because right. you never want to be scrutinized for not doing your job or having biases. And so they've always been they've always been known to keep their politics quiet until Donald Trump got into the White House and every left leaning Capitol Police officer was allowed to to talk about Trump negatively. They were allowed to say things to the media about Trump. They were allowed to wear their politics on their sleeve. But the Trump supporters were still never allowed. They just they didn't do that. And so he thought it was very it was a very weird turn in the history of Capitol Police that uh and it was a very one-sided turn at that 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 the left was allowed to really really talk about how they didn't like trump um it, to the point where they brought it into roll call and we talked about it on that other episode of some of the antics that were actually pulled in roll call in regards to donald trump um and that's never that's never been seen before in this 20-year veteran capitol police officer's career he says i've never seen cops so adamantly outspoken against a president as when Trump was in office, that there were Capitol police officers who were, were and it was okay. And they could put stuff on social media about it. Yeah. Uh, case in point, this is uh, Harry Dunn. He's one of the guys that uh, testified. Uh, I, I've got the other photo that I really want to share uh, somewhere. I, I'll have to find it. But uh, as you can see, he's, you know, black fathers matter, black lives matter, the, the fist. Um, and He's the one that um, got, uh, uh, first of all, he asserted in his congressional testimony that, uh, that before the January 6th committee that Brian Sicknick was his co-worker and was killed by violent insurrectionists, namely Trump supporters, and that they called him the N-word repeatedly and um, it said made references to he, he voted for Biden. And um, it's it's. I don't know when it's proper for any police officer to say anything like that. Like, I, and here's I the funny thing about Dunn. And I've done a lot of research on Dunn. Done a lot of research on this guy. Uh, I think he was a, a, a football player and athlete at one time. And uh, other than his politics, he's highly regarded as uh, as a good officer. Uh, I've actually had an officer say, "Man, I hate the guy's politics. I hate his social media." But dude, I'm telling you, I'd go to battle with him any day. And I've also heard on January 6th that he was a fighter. Like he was in the thick of it, uh, fighting his heart out 
uh, to try to stop the insurrection, even though they're outnumbered. And we're going to talk about some of the things that these officers saw during during this event, this protest, whatever you want to call it. I know that a lot of you guys grow up, by the way, who are going to be like, stop calling it an insurrection. OK, it's been titled an insurrection. So I'm going to fucking call it. OK, uh, you call it whatever you want. I'm just going to call it what the title's been given. OK. Um, and so Dunn is a good cop. I've heard that, uh, I think he's a hostage negotiator. Um, and I heard that he's very good at negotiating hostages. Um, I've, I've, this I've heard the, this is kind of the fine line though, Eric, where listen, all four of those cops that testified, um, before the J six, I think we're slanted in their political opinions. Yeah. At the 100%. end of the day, they're still cops. And if we're going to be accused of like, well, all you do is protect each other behind the thin blue line, blah, 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 which is a bunch of bullshit. It's on the individual basis anyway. I- I'm not questioning anything any of those guys did. They were there. There's no two ways about it. Also, the controversial part of this is a lot of people keep saying how five officers were killed that day. What they're doing is conflating the suicides from D.C. police and from Capitol Police in that general, I I don't know, we'll call it six or eight month period as January 6th deaths. But we we don't I mean, how how can you quantify that? How can unless the suicide note said I just you know, the the Donald Trump thing just got to me and, and I'm not belittling the suicide. Believe me, I'm the advocate. Like, you know how this goes with me and suicide. So I'm not questioning anybody's veracity. I'm not questioning anybody's copitude. I, I'm, you know, I, I am though um, not in favor of anybody standing um, with a political stance on social media. When I'm not either, I, when, there when was a else there can, was a you know? graduating class of Raleigh officers that was significantly. Uh, they had a significant significant number of of black uh, people who uh, became officers, and um, the group got together and they, and and listen, I'm friends with a couple of them. And they all put their fist up and had a picture of their fist. And, I, you know, I, I just thought that, you know, like you just graduated academy. And that's the first thing you're going to do is take that picture. Um, you know, I, you know, you you should be pro blue when you when you graduate the academy, you should be more excited to be blue than you are to be black. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, now I'm not a black person. So and I'm not a woman. So, I, you know, obviously I don't get to have an opinions on a lot of things uh, being a toxic white male. But. You know, if I were allowed to have my opinion, I would say, I don't, I don't know, man. I know when I became a cop, I I was more proud to be a cop than I was ever. When the day I got my badge, I was more proud to be what I was than I ever was. Not all the military things I did, maybe aside from getting my airborne wings. You know, the day that I got my airborne wings was a very special moment for me. Um, one, because I hate heights. And, and I was always worried. I knew I wanted to be a special operations soldier. And I knew that to do that, I would have to, one, go through fast roping and rappelling, and I'd have to go through airborne school. And, um, you know, once I completed the obstacle course for selection and I got selected and then I went to airborne school, you know, I felt like, okay, well, my fears are done, right? I'm over my fears. I just, you know, no, nothing, I'll never be afraid of heights again because I've already jumped out of an airplane. So I, mean, I was very proud to be a soldier. Then. But point being, I've never been more proud than the day I put my badge on. And uh, I wish that those other officers would have felt that same pride. Um, More proud to be a cop than you were to be, to be a black person or a white person or a soldier or a whatever, a college graduate. It it goes to the greater, um, the bigger picture of content of character versus color of skin. And, And I think that 
the media today is really, really good at pushing color of skin. And this administration, this current administration is good at pushing color of skin. It's not about who's qualified. It's not about who's got a good heart. It's not about who you go to battle with. It's, is he a black guy? Is, is she a white girl? It, it's, this is a shame. This is insane. Like we're all human beings. We should be able to converse like human beings. I, I'm not. Now, I, I personally feel, I personally feel that Dunn should be able to get on his Facebook and put up his fist and have a Black Lives Matter and a Black Fathers Matter shirt on with his daughter or whoever that little girl is. I assume it's his daughter. Yeah, I think it's his I daughter. personally feel, I don't care if he's a cop. I don't care if he's a soldier. If it's his fucking day off and it's his Facebook, he should be allowed to do so. Now, the problem I have is that every cop that had a Trump MAGA supporting Facebook was called into question, forced to resign, was scrutinized. Uh, I talked to Capitol Police officers about that. They said, no doubt that if you had anything pro MAGA on your social media or Facebook, internal affairs went went through you like a fine, like a fine tooth comb. Right. And if you were uh, pro lefty or pro Biden Harris, they didn't give a shit about you. And that's wrong. That's that's yes. that's wrong. Fundamentally, it's wrong. I don't but, have but a problem with Dunn. I, I I think that Dunn was a good cop. And I don't mind his social media. I just think it's unfair that other participants and other guys who feel differently about things can't share the same, can't have the same expressions. But this is the slippery slope. So if you don't care if for him to do that, and they go through the they go through with a fine tooth comb and weed out all of the right wing people or what what they're going to label as right wing extremists, like how can you allow one and not the other? I'm not saying you would allow it. I'm just I would saying allow it. I would allow. I, both. I think, but I think when you just wipe it across the board, I'm I'm not. I always have this issue with restricting speech especially restricting restricting first amendment issues but it's going to come back to haunt you right and it's going to come back to haunt your agency when harry that's Dunn is you. an officer of that's the US on Capitol you Police. that's that's your freedom to figure that out but you if are you want to post shit on your social media as a cop as a capitol police officer that's politically motivated then you right. are taking the responsibility of your actions yeah, I understand what you're saying. However, he had to go then testify before the J6 committee and try to convince the world that he's not partisan. And he's partisan. Th sure. There's no two ways about it. He is anti-Trump. He said as much. He begged them to find something that Trump did wrong. And they were represented by attorneys, by the way. I, I don't know of a, a court case I've ever been to or Congress where I'm a witness and I need an attorney. Um, but that's on them. I mean, like, they obviously they knew something different. Well, he's on the right side of history, though. I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, they say the winners always write the history books, right? So obviously the left won, and they're going to rewrite the history books, and they're going to write this and portray it as an insurrection, just like they're going to write the Breonna Taylor thing off as a gross misconduct of, uh, of, of abusing civil rights, uh, even though that they've had to dig and dig and dig to find anything wrong with that case possibly because they were so wrong in the beginning but the, the winners always write the write the history books so yeah um as far as dunn goes uh I, I, he, he he did hate trump uh he was very outspoken about hating trump i've heard that from multiple sources um oh mike the cop joined in the chat says it sees the internet and nc is still bad oh damn i'm showing full bars today baby is it bad can you tell him you're yeah well i mean oh it's horrific 
Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Looks so good on my end. I, I I honestly thought it was just uh, my left lens of my glasses was a little foggy. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, it's it's raining horribly here. It's very cold and nasty. So, um, yeah, that has an effect on the internet. I'm sure does have an effect on the internet. Rain. Uh, but going back, you know, I I I still think I have no problem with Dunn in his little Facebook shit. Uh, you know, I but he is biased and. It, but that's, that's how the game you, works, man. He's on the right side let of history. Me just he ask gets you to that. say his piece. Do you see my point? My my point is like I hate the idea that we as cops are restricted by the first are uh, restricted by our agencies. We should have the same First Amendment as everybody else. But what the agency is doing is trying to protect its own image by saying you can't do that because eventually you're going to represent us. So in other words, if I went on this uh, this big tirade about um, how I hated. Uh, um, hot dog vendors at, at, at baseball games and somebody killed a hot dog vendor and I'm involved in the investigation and I have to get on the stand and testify. Don't you think that the defense is going to bring that up right away sure. to the jury and say, this 100%. guy has no credibility. He hates hot dog vendors. And they're sure you should not have any credibility. That's what you get for posting stupid shit on the internet. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I have no hate towards hot dog vendors. If you're a hot dog vendor, I, I love you. I just want to be one. Yeah, I know you do. That sounds like the best job ever. Dude, all you got to do is sling wieners. (laughs) I bet you a lot you can sling a wiener or two. Yeah, probably. Um, But I tell you what, Capitol Police would much rather be slinging wieners. Uh, Everyone that I talked to recently, and I've talked to a bunch this week, uh, morale is in the gutter. All-time low. All-time low. Uh, they say things are kind of slow at the White House right now, that they've seen less meetings at the White House than they've ever seen before with any other president, uh, which is weird. But they, they, the lies that they keep seeing um, in front of them is really starting to weigh heavy on their hearts. Uh, lies about their staffing numbers. They're blatantly lying about their staffing numbers. And, and, and it's maybe not blatantly. I shouldn't say blatantly, but they're manipulating their numbers. I struggle with this at my own department. Um, matter of fact, somebody went to one of the fellow officers went to WRAL, the local news source here, and, and, and presented some facts and say, hey, look, they're telling you that we're significantly staffed. But here, let me show you my roll call that has 18 positions and only nine are filled. So then to combat that, we all like within a week get a new roll call sheet. And the new roll call sheet has nine other names, but the names are highlighted. And so they say they re, they redo this post. It says like, oh no, they don't have a staffing issue number. Look, they're they're fully staffed. Well, they manipulate that number because the highlighted names were people who were still in the academy and haven't graduated yet, and have like a seventy percent chance of not graduating anyway. They will eventually fill a seat, you know. Um, and so those manipulation. They're saying they're seeing that at Capitol Police right now, um, and they're hiring anybody. They said the quality of recruits coming through right now are fucking terrible. Um, their training, though, has kind of picked up as far as, as riots, riot training. Everybody's getting trained. Obviously, that has to happen. But, you know, uh, but the morale issue is really low. As a matter of fact, one of the recruits uh, got fired for calling in sick to go to another interview at another agency. <laughs> and they caught him doing it. This, so it just kind of shows though, you. Like- why do you, <laughs> you're going to fire this guy for calling in sick and you're like, God, I, I, we got to fire him because we can't let anybody else do this. But at the same time, I hate to lose this number. 
You know? Yeah. I mean? Well, yeah. And then at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it makes it public, right? Public knowledge when they're forcing somebody to resign. But, you know, there was a lot of things that happened after January 6th that the Capitol Police officers feel like their voices weren't heard. Um, they feel ex- extreme scrutiny from everybody. And, and that's one of the overwhelming things that I've empathized with is that they don't feel heard by the right or the left. The right downplays at every turn what happened that day. Um, or just tries to beat around the bush. The fact that an officer died in the middle of a thing and everybody wants to argue how he died hurts yeah. them because they said that this was a guy that was on the line with us fighting. He did have asthma. He did have health issues, as do a lot of police officers have health issues. But he was still there. He didn't call in sick. He wasn't not on the line. Right. Um, he was getting water bottles hurt out of him. He did get hit in the head. They said multiple officers got hit in the head. He had an asthma attack that could have induced the stroke, could have been the head injury. The point is he would not have had a stroke had he been not out there on the front lines trying to protect uh, a democracy or trying to to protect dignitaries or whatever it is that he was fighting for that day. And he says, but in the same token, it's as if people are talking about this guy's death as it doesn't count as a law enforcement related death and they downplay his death. And either way you look at it, that's true. That's true. I, Nobody has really given this guy a law enforcement worthy line of duty death. Yes, they have. The The left has for sure. And and actually, Mitch, Mitch McConnell was at the front of the reception line and his family refused to shake Mitch McConnell's hand, if I remember right, just because he's a Republican. This is the this is the other slippery slope of turning everything into a partisan issue. And I agree with you. One more and I'm out of here. Get ready. I agree with you. Ten thousand percent. This this guy is a pawn. He's a pawn between the, the right and the left, but I don't think anybody on the right is, is disputing that this is a law enforcement death. They're disputing the fact that Anderson Cooper went on CNN and said this guy was killed by Trump supporters with by having his head bashed in with a fire extinguisher, and other people perpetuated that lie. And that and they were but the, is it a lie? the microphone. Is it a lie? Did yeah. he not get hit in the back of the head with a fire extinguisher? Uh, is that the cause of death, though? Is that the cause? The cause of death on his death certificate is a stroke, if I'm not mistaken. Right. The, induced okay, but, by. Well, no, it doesn't say induced by anything. I mean, no, and, but and, and, like what caused the stroke? So so let me ask you this, though. If the shoe were on the other foot, you happen to be at the Capitol on January 6th. You swung a, a fire extinguisher around for whatever reason. And you hit a guy in the back of the head and he died. Are you going to call bullshit when they charge you with murder? Or are you just going to go, you know what? I know he had a stroke, but I did kill him. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it. If you it. punch there's, somebody there's no in the face and they he, die, you're probably going to get charged with murder. You may not hold the murder charge, but you're going to get charged with it. Right. But the, so then why wasn't anybody charged? Like you, you, they were able to determine by the face, facial recognition, people who were just trespassing. They weren't able to charge somebody with Brian Sicknick's murder. No, I mean, I don't know that they did. They catch. I don't think they caught on film where he gets hit in the head with a fucking fire extinguisher. They don't even know for a fact if he did get hit in the head with fire extinguisher. Other well, officers said that they report why that. Are that we, then why are we having this discussion? But but what I'm saying is like, I I don't want, I don't want anyone to think that I'm not honoring Brian Sicknick. My was a point being person, is that I guarantee it. He was a great police officer. No problem. No, none of that. I sure. I am saying. Don't use that poor guy's name in the name right. of politics. And I think that's that's the Republican point that I was trying to make is that their morale is cut in half because of the debate 
about his yeah. death, right or left. I'm not taking a left side. I'm not. I'm t- t- taking any no, side. But the point being is that they wish that their buddy could just be. He fucking died, dude. He died protecting. Yes. And you know, unfortunately, you know, from what I gather is that, you know, here's the story I've been told. There were militias at January 6th. There were coordinated militia movements with flags, creative flags indicating which militia patches that he's like, he's like, I'm not a dummy. He's like, look, look, the guy I've talked to is a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. But he's like, there's no deny. He's like, I was there on the front line, dude. I had piss thrown at me. I had water bottles bounce off my fucking face. Um, He says that uh, I know what a malicious patch looks like. I know what these and these guys are all knuckleheads. Look, I'm not friend. there's a guy that 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 I affiliate with, uh, well, affiliates with myself. Uh, that's a part of militia. He's been trying to get me to join this militia several times. I don't think he does it very much anymore. But I'm like, no, I think it's the fucking dumbest thing. I wouldn't join a motorcycle gang for the same reasons as I wouldn't join a militia. Nah, you know, do what you want to do. It's just not my cup of tea. But you know, he said that there was a coordinated attack. These guys, moon, but these guys spoke different, the same language tactically, and then they they manipulated things, just as we saw with the Black Lives Matter movement, just like we see at any protest. So that day, there was a very large protest, and there were some really bad eggs that showed up to the White House, okay. and they did some really bad shit. They really yes. did. They really fucking did, and That's and not- they gave all of us normal people a black eye because now we're having to defend this shit on a podcast. Well, no, I'm not defending anything, but th- but that's not in debate. I, I don't think that's in like maybe it is. I mean, maybe people are in th- in that much denial. That's that's in my opinion, and not that's not in debate. Like there are some very bad actors there, doing very bad things, and and their motivation is their motivation, and that's up to them. Um, I, I do hold the opinion though that if this if you want to call this an insurrection, an insurrection is by definition when you overthrow your current government. And it's a, it was an attempt to subvert the government, but they're calling this an armed insurrection without any arms. The, the, what they're saying is, well, they were carrying flagpoles and they were carrying, uh, therefore they were armed. Okay, uh, that's a stretch. You know, if somebody gets shot uh, by a police officer doing that, you're not going to you're going to call an unarmed person. I guarantee it. But these these militias and bad actors are are one thing. The rest of the people that were there were just there, and and so to support the claim of this being an insurrection by the sheer numbers that were involved is misleading. One and to call it an insurrection is completely misleading because. If anybody wanted to overthrow that government, and, and there, what's not in dispute or what's not in debate is they were overwhelmed and overpowered, right? The Capitol and, and Police were. And understaffed. And understaffed. It's not their fault. I, I'm not saying no. it's their fault. But they breached the Capitol. What would stop them from overthrowing the government at that point if it was not just a bunch of ragtag, pissed-off people, even the, even the organized militias? I mean – if they wanted to, if they wanted to overthrow the government, don't you think they could have overthrown the government at that point? I think they probably could have. I don't think that that was their intent. Um, right. So, so that's, I, I mean, that's, I personally, I believe, and I think there's enough evidence to show that this thing was a, this was a coordinated attack, and 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 it was an insurrection in the. Listen to me here before before you freaking cut my head off in the chats, <laughs> all you MAGA folks. Just listen up to me. Just listen really quickly what I have to say here. Nancy Pelosi knew knew what she was doing when she denied the National Guard. She knew what she was doing. She knew 
the 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 intel was out um what was that girl's name that the the intelligence deputy chief um yakasomo or whatever her name was uh i forgot it god bless you i yeah her name was chief chief yakamasoto i forgot her name but anyway you know she had the intel that a lot of these militias were coming to town and they knew the number was going to be very large and yet she was one that was uh, denying the national guard and and not fighting for getting this intel out uh to other officers you know a lot of officers said they were left in the dark that she knew this information and she didn't put it out to other officers she only put it out to uh higher leadership and higher leadership had already turned down everything and ever so to, to say that nancy pelosi i mean I, honestly i believe that nancy pelosi should should be on trial for this um but i think she wanted it to happen and the capitol police guys say that they feel the same way that they feel like this was they feel that trump wanted it to happen in a certain way like he wanted there to be that he wanted it to be grounds for an attack and the left wanted it to be grounds for attack too so they could so they could manipulate both both ways um may, may it was a perfect it? storm of everybody except Capitol Police doing the wrong thing. Here's another interesting thing that he says. Let's not forget about the pipe bomb. You know, the, yeah. the, there's the, the, the way the pipe bomb, the fact that the FBI hasn't caught, you know, and somebody in the chat said they didn't see any video of of this guy getting hit in the head. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, that's not going to be, that you probably haven't seen that there's, what, 40, what did he say, 40,000 hours? Or what yeah. was it? 40,000. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, trying to, that, that would be like trying to find Waldo. Um times times a million but you know here we have this pipe bomb that nobody's caught this person yet either and this was a black female wearing air jordans um who put a pipe bomb in a tree and still hasn't been caught yet somebody had to give her a pipe bomb and somebody had to give her money to go put that pipe bomb somewhere there was coordinated events it didn't just so happen that it took place exactly at 1 p.m right exactly as trump was finishing up his speeches i mean the way these capital guys say this, there's a lot of things that fell into place that day to make it the perfect storm as if there was no way it couldn't be here's another great example of what capitol police told me you think it's weird do you think it's weird that there was no antifa at this riot <laughs> there's been antifa he said at every single protest for three years, Antifa we're, we're gonna go showed their face. On this one. But Antifa didn't show up to this one. Isn't that let, weird? Let, let me tell you from experience. Um, <clears throat> well, well, first of all, just on a side note, I, I saw something on Instagram this morning that um, there's that picture of the, the guy from the office. Uh, I can't remember his name. Forgive me. But the guy from the office on the whiteboard, you know, that meme. And they show a guy in a MAGA hat and all this stuff. And they say, this guy was paid $70,000. He's a known member of Antifa. And he was paid $70,000 to be at the, at the insurrection. But nobody talks about that and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, there was this bright red fact check. The fact check consisted of, well, first of all, it was 90000 not 70000 And second of all, Nobody says Antifa is just a Antifa is just a concept. It's not a group. Now we know this is what the fact check says. Now we know that Trump supporters carried out this insurrection. So, and and I'm like, hang on a second. You're telling me that Antifa is just a concept, not a group. But Trump supporters are a, are the ones who pulled off this insurrection, right? Like they're not a group or a concept. 
they're they're a specific you know like sect of society uh i can tell you from experience as well i've got video footage to prove it i've got a, a i was on uh i was on tmz um i went to the inaugural the inauguration for donald trump it's not that i'm a like Listen, don't don't think that oh, I'm this crazy tinfoil hat Trump. I'm never shy that I didn't man. vote for him. No, no, no. Okay, so I went to the inauguration. I'm not making excuses either, but I went to the inauguration for the for <clears throat> the uh, for Donald Trump, and I I was in the middle of the Antifa protests. Okay, we'll call him Black Block. We'll call him uh, Charlie Brown's teacher if you want. I don't give a shit what you want to call them, but they were all dressed similarly if that's even a word, with an extra R. It is. And they were in the middle of the street setting fires to include some little kid who was wearing... This is a this is a kooky story. There was a little kid that was just playing with the fire. He looked like Bobby Hill from The Simpsons, basically. And he just kept playing with the fire, but he was in, like, the striped shirt, like, green. He, he just didn't look like he fit as a member of Black Block. He couldn't have been more than 10 or 11 years old. And the Fox News report, he he threw something on the fire, and then they all cheered for him, and then they were burning MAGA hats, and they are all cheering. And and it was a raucous crowd. There was, you know, like I was literally right in the middle of it. So the Fox reporter goes over to this kid and says, why did you do that? Or why did you, you know, and he, he puts the mic in front of him, and he said, because screw Donald Trump. And the whole crowd ah, went crazy. All the, the, the guys weren't all black. It turns out that's fucking drew carey's son drew carey was at the national press club doing some event the night before the inauguration and he unbeknownst to me was standing an arm's length away with his son just kind of watching him engage in this mischief this kid wasn't anti-trump the rest of them were but this kid wasn't anti-trump so your point is and it's a it's it's so spot on why the day mayhem breaks out, all of a sudden Antifa is absent. The one day right. that, okay. that they have the opportunity to create mayhem, they're supposedly anti-left, anti-right, anti-fascism, blah, blah, blah. But the one day you, you break into the Capitol, they're not present. Hmm. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> and, but on the other side of the token, here's another great question about the, the Antifa thing. Uh, do you think Antifa could have coordinated the fact that they all wear their MAGA hats backwards and things like that? Now, yes. Intel would say that would be very difficult to coordinate that many people without there being some evidence from social media that calls for that, that would have been leaked by now. And that's, that's one of the things the Capitol Police says. That's why it's very awkward about the backwards hat Trump's their uh, uh, conspiracy theories that the, the Antifa guys all show. Well, that would be a lot of coordination to be done. And you would have to give a lot of credit to Antifa for being smart enough to do that without having any kind of social media leak whatsoever or video leak of any kind of underground meeting. Like you'd have to give a lot of credit. Now, is it um, something that the feds could have pulled off? Well, probably. No. I was going to say, unlike now, let's not, don't worry about video leaks or social media leaks. Let's be realistic. Let's be honest. Uh, there's got to be a small percentage of who are traditionally participating in Antifa that are actual either FBI agents or FBI informants. Right. Not, not that they're, you know, and don't read into the conspiracy that the FBI has tried to pull this off and blah, blah, blah. But 
in order to keep a foot in that community, they have informants all over the place that, 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 you know, the oath keepers and all these other guys, they had informants there. I mean, uh, I don't know that factually because they can't reveal that factually. They, you know, they have to protect their informants. Which and also I it's important understand. to know that every single event, whether it be a St. Patrick's day parade or uh mother's day parade, there's going to be un- ununiformed or plainclothes officers inside of the crowd at all times. I was one. Like yeah. you're right, Gasparilla. Uh, um, I mean, it, Gasparilla, all those Super Bowl. Um, so you know, um, and they're going to be feeding intel back some way or another. Now, whether they do a great job at that or not, I mean, the rule number one is don't get burned, um, and and so they don't get burned, uh, and, and they stay very low key. And a lot of times, even the officers, you know, <laughs> when I worked uh, when I worked at St. Patrick's Day Parade. Um, there was a gentleman that got removed from the detail and he was called into the sergeant's office and uh, we saw him leave the CAD, the, the computer screen as in being off. Like he's gone, he's done. Like he clocked out and we thought that was weird. Well, one of these plain clothes dudes saw him just staring at girls asses in the crowd to the point where he photographed it. And sent it to superiors by his cell phone and said, like, look, this motherfucker has not stopped looking at girls' tits and asses all day. And it's embarrassing. If I could send him home for it. So, you know, they're there for a lot of different reasons. But um, I, I think it's interesting, though, that uh, that, the you know, when when Capitol Police said, you know, we were not, you know, Antifa didn't show up. Now, th- they are convinced the, the ones that I've talked to are totally convinced that this was an orchestrated event, but they think it wasn't just it wasn't really orchestrated. It was more or less just allowed to happen. They knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew that this was going to happen, but the way it escalated was almost picture perfect with the pipe bombs, the times of the pipe bombs um, at the RNC and the DNC, the confusion yeah. that led. Um, and then, and then, and it was allowed to happen. Now, everything else that happened that they could not account for, nobody can account for what was going to happen next, because that, that's something you can't really play out. What happened was really horrific. And, and like I said, the stories that I hear from these officers should go into a book. And I don't want to lose that, that, that just because you're right, right winged or left wing, it doesn't mean that what happened that day was, was, was right. It wasn't right. None of these riots are right. This Black Lives Matter, the burning down of buildings, it's not right. It's not how a civilized culture behaves. And what we found ourselves now is in a deeper hole than we started out with because of this. Now, I don't know who started it. I don't I don't know if, it, you know, I know why it happened. I know it's because Nancy Pelosi failed to do her job. I know that yes. for a fact. That's the only fact I know in this whole case. Nancy Pelosi failed to do her job. Um, all the other stuff is just kind of you know, debatable at this point. One of the things I'd like to debate is, is the guy that had the MAGA hat on the police officer who was, uh, who was fired from the police department. And his story was never really told until now. And, and his story is important um, because he was, he was a Lieutenant. He was, you know, according to the guys that I've talked to, he was a, a good cop. This is a good guy. And he voted for Biden. He wasn't, a, he wasn't even a Trump guy, but he was not biased. And what happened was, is they were completely overwhelmed and surrounded. They were completely cut off from anybody. And they didn't know what was going on, but they knew that they could not, that the crowd was getting much more violent. The crowd was getting a lot more agitated. And he was at the Capitol. He was the last line of defense going into the building. And he knew that he was going to fucking die. 
He said, he said, I thought I was going to fucking die. Like, there's nothing else I could do. Somebody put a Trump hat on me and they were asking me questions. And I, to de-escalate the crowd, I kept the hat on and, and I said things to keep the crowd at bay. And one of the gentlemen came over and this is all on, on video footage and asked him what's going on. And he said, look, I've got, I've got 12 officers. I, I, I think it was 12 officers. I got 12 officers up there. Most of them being Trump supporters and they're getting punched, kicked. You guys are talking about killing them and throwing things at them. I just want to get them out of here. And the guy said, let's make a hole. Let's make a hole and get these cops out of here. And so he made the command decision to get those guys out peacefully. And they packed up their shit and they walked away. He said, there was nothing we could do. And he was like, it was either stand there and die or fucking give it up. And he chose, he says he got no response from any leadership whatsoever. And then uh, he can, went to the Intel channel and couldn't get any information. And he made a command decision to move those guys out of there. He was not awarded uh, any kind of medal or congressional. Matter of fact, he was forced to resign or be fired because of his actions. That day. You can hear it straight from his mouth in this video if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I haven't seen this the whole video of this yet. so Yeah, it's not playing a lot. And it's not that's okay. Um, I got it. Uh, you know, but I also want to take a take a minute and talk about let's let's talk some more about the chaos that that ensued um, at the at the White House. I'm going to share my screen really quick, uh, and and hopefully you guys can hear this. Um, let's see here. Um, I'll try to re-render that clip out. That was number four, right, Drew? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, yes. Okay. I, I've got it. Uh, uh, now, this is an officer. Um, this is a scary moment when the protesters initially got into the building from the first floor and made their way upside the city city chamber. So um, if you're not a cop, I can't explain to you the fear that this guy must have gone through. Um, his baton is laying there on the floor. This video cameraman's coming down there. It's one cop. I don't know. How many people do you think are out there? Uh, inside or out? Outside that door. Oh. Those guys look happy. Let's pause it real quick. Do those guys look like Antifa or they look like actors to you? I don't think so. Those guys look like really pissed off Trump supporters. That's okay. You're allowed to be a pissed off Trump supporter. But now yes. you're you're on the Senate, you're headed towards the Senate floor, and you've got one cop. Now these guys were when I talked to Capitol Police, they estimate that they had 250 uniform officers that day. Now remember, I'm not defending any of this, but you cannot control a crowd. It doesn't matter what the crowd is or who they're for or against. You're not controlling a crowd with 250 cops. No. They asked for more cops. They asked for the National Guard. They were not given the National Guard. They were not. At one point, Metro said, okay, we'll call the National Guard. Well, the National Guard take care of Metro, and we're going to send Metro officers. They said that there were officers that were on night shift that had left at 3 a.m. They were supposed to be off at midnight. Um, they had left at 3 a.m. They'd stayed three hours late. They still came back in way early to, to, to join the fight. Metro right. PD guys came in to join the fight um, outside of being called in. Like they didn't wait to get called in. They packed up their shit and they went and they got to work. A lot of these guys being Trump supporters themselves. This is coming from the words of the Capitol PD. So you had a lot of things. They, like, they, they knew that this was bad. He said that he told his wife, this is bad. This is the worst I've ever seen it. I'm not coming home tonight. Like as in I'm either dying here or I'm working through the night. There's no way I'm getting off today. 
Um, but his, he said everybody, what he really liked about Capital PD and what he's proud of is that we all decided that day, the majority of us, 250, knowing that we were complete, like shit was bad, dude. That shit was like, he said it was like I was going to war. <laughs> he said I hadn't seen this shit in 20 years, but I knew this was different than anything else I've ever seen in my life or I've ever had to deal with in my life. Um, and there was no retreat. And he says, but you know, there was a lot of officers like this guy. Uh, and I don't want to take away, and this is why I continue to call it an insurrection. Cause I don't want to take away from this moment that these cops heroically, uh, defended their oath. They defended uh, their job, their careers. Um, just take a look at this video. This cop is doing the best he can. He's trying to get to the high ground. He's got his baton off of the ground, off the floor. I mean, he's threatened to whoop this dude in the fucking face. And ain't nobody having any part of it. And he's so outnumbered. And I can't imagine what this guy's thinking. And you know he wants to crack this guy in the face. This guy is, you know, this guy is pushing his luck. This dude is running after this guy. You know when they say don't run from a dog because a dog will chase you? Yeah. And you're a child, and so you you get too scared and you kind of run and you look back and the dog like charges. So you stop and it stops. And then you turn around and the dog charges again. And then you stop and the dog stops. That's what this guy's doing. The cop gives him his back. He charges the cop. The cop turns around, puts his baton back. The guy stops. He's just like a, like a violent dog. Um, and you've got one cop. Guys, and I don't care if this motherfucker has his hands up in the air, kind of like the hands up. Don't shoot. That doesn't mean anything to me. You can still beat somebody's ass with your hands up above your head. You know, if you got your hands up, and we've talked about this in a lot of cases, just because you're 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 saying you're one thing doesn't mean that you're doing that one thing. I can say I can't breathe, I can't breathe all day long, but it doesn't mean that I can't fucking breathe. Right. Right? Like I can still breathe. I can say it all day long, but the fact is I'm still breathing. So this guy can say, like, I'm not a threat, I'm not a threat. But motherfucker, you're a threat. You're charging at me. I don't care if your hands up or down. Um, this guy doesn't know what to do. He's a lieutenant. He doesn't know what to do. He, he's he's squaring off with some dude that he knows if he fights this guy, he's going to fight all these others. And now he gets some officers to come in and to help him and they hold this little line. At the end of the day. I, I watch that video and and I hear other officers talk, tell me about that video, and uh, and it really does paint a picture for me because I can feel that guy's fear, man. I can see it. I can see how scared that cop is. And, you know, that, that brings me into my Ashley Babbitt speech. People do weird shit when they're scared. People mm. do weird shit when they're scared. People act differently. Everybody acts differently when they're scared. That cop but, could have shot that guy. That guy's taking a huge chance with his life, charging at a very scared officer. It's like a snake. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't. No, he didn't. Because because he's he's not, you know, uh, you know he's not a, an idiot or, right. You know he didn't hit the panic button. He didn't hit the panic switch. But he the guy was still taking a chance. Trigger. Yeah, the guy was the guy was still taking a chance because you don't know and you don't know what what people's past traumas are. You don't know what you know what they've seen what they've heard. You know, um. You know, there were times in my career where I saw somebody get shot and I had anxiety attacks of saying like, God, I don't want to get shot because I don't like, I don't like the look of somebody saying, am I going to die? Am I going to die? And I, I don't have the answer to that. 
I don't want to be the guy that shot like that and be like, am I going to die? Am I going to, I don't want to, I didn't want to have that anxiety. And so I wasn't really afraid of the job, but I was afraid of what would I be like in that moment if I was that guy. Um, and so if you have an officer that that's like, dude, I am definitely afraid of a mob ripping me apart and killing me. And that's one of his biggest fears. Well, he might shoot a motherfucker. Now, if you want to talk about the Ashley Babbitt part of this, which I know we have to visit it. Um, that cop is an idiot. Nobody likes that cop. I, I even met one person that really likes that cop. They say that he gloats. He's always gloated. Um, he's actually gloated to recruits and rookies that he left his gun in a bathroom, but he, he bragged about, it's about who I know and I'll never get fired for this. But if you leave your shit in the bathroom, you'll hundred percent fired. And if you fuck with me about leaving my gun in the bathroom, you're going to catch some heat too. They said that this guy was, was bigger than life because he really did know um, some higher up people and he was friends after this incident. Um, some Capitol police members that I talked to feel that it was a negligent discharge that he had his gun drawn and he accidentally pulled a trigger. Other officers who are very close to this guy who actually work with him um, have told me that they spoke with him and he said that he did, sh that, that he meant to do it um, and that it wasn't a negligent discharge. Either way, he was removed and hidden to training, but he didn't really want to stay hidden in training. Uh, yes, Lieutenant Michael Bird, um, because he even tried to put in for he put in for uh, promotion while he was he was at the training academy or training staff. Um, I believe it was in Maryland. Um, but here's my case. This was this was kind of my point to that. He was completely covered legally by the policies at hand. I've talked to the Capitol police officers. The reason why he was never tried or anything like that, because there was a terrorism clause. There's, there's a clause written the terrorism on that hallway. And there were still people on the floor. And they tell me that there is video and there's footage. There's actually senators behind this guy in that hallway. So because of that policy, the terrorism policy that he was actually covered in that shooting a lot of the officers say that he's an idiot and he fucking shouldn't have shot her but unfortunately the way the laws are written the way the policy is written he was justified in shooting her my you know and, and, and it's a very openly ended written policy he was able to articulate that he was afraid of the backpack now you can believe that or not yeah i, I mean i don't believe it i don't believe it but what i do believe he didn't articulate. He was told to articulate. Sure. Listen, I'm not going to give this guy any credit. I've never heard a good thing about this guy. Uh, yeah. The only thing I, the, the only redeem, anything redeeming about the Ashley Babbitt shooting was that, unfortunately, this guy was covered in it. Now, why I don't spend a lot of time on the Ashley Babbitt thing is, is I've, I've said this with almost every case that we've ever broke down on this show. If you do stupid things, you're going to win stupid prizes. And you don't know who the fuck you're dealing with. And if you're going to take that chance of dealing with a dumb cop, that's a chance you're taking. I, I, I don't think, I don't know where, and, and unfortunately she's an Air Force person. I thought the Air Force was smarter than this, but you got, you got to know that your chances of dying are like 80% once you smash a window to a dude that has his fucking gun drawn. Well, do I you mean, know I that when, when, when there are four tactically armed officers standing behind you within reach with their rifles out? I'm not taking that chance. I'm not taking the chance of saying like, how far can I go? Like, I'm going to keep pushing it until one of these dudes, 
and, and I'm going to take the chance that one of them is going to point this gun at me before he fucking shoots me. I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm personally, I'll tell you right now, I'm not fucking taking any of those chances. There's nothing in, there's nothing in this world that's that important to me that I'm going to push a dude to his limits, especially several guys. Now you're taking several chances that one of those guys is an idiot that could have a negligent discharge. It's like, it's like these idiots that swim as sharks. Like maybe you swim with one shark and hope that that shark doesn't bite you. Do you swim with five of those motherfuckers? You're taking a chance that not one of those five is a fucking crazy shark. Well, you, or you, you fuck could, with lions and you think that maybe like one of those five lions isn't a crazy fucking lion. Like, I don't but know. The difference between is you can see the sharks in this instance. The one that was hidden in the blind is the one that shot. You, you can't get shark bit from a distance. Yes, you can. He shot from a distance. He shot the, through that a, shark that comes out of the darkness door. of the ocean. That's where they attack through. They okay, attack from the darkness. You don't see right, that but, one but fucking asshole shark. But they don't shoot shark. their teeth into the people. <laughs> they actually go to them and bite them, and then yeah, from below where them. you can't see them. Okay, but, listen uh, to it. Uh, like uh, you know, Joseph Wooten. I hear you. Ashley Babbitt was an innocent victim. That's not true. She's not an innocent victim. She put herself in a very precarious situation. She as put all those people in a very did precarious position. But a lot of people have put themselves in very precarious positions and. The officer Dude, who she shot broke them a fucking is it window probably in prison to the Senate you, floor. Well, I, I don't know. Or what to tell chamber you. Like, floor, whatever. Like, the, I mean, you, you, I mean, anybody that like, if this was any other way, if this was Black Lives Matter entered a federal building and then broke out a window surrounded by cops and the cops shot him, there's no way that this many people would defend that Black Lives Matter guy. I'm, I'm telling you, point. I, I, I'm telling you right now, they would be like, well, he fucking knew it was coming. Who, who like you think that you can break into a federal building and break a window in a barrage of cops and you're not going to get shot? That's what they would be saying if this was a Black Lives Matter activist. The shoe is literally on the other foot on this one, and everyone wants to dismiss it or call her the crazy one. And I, I don't, I don't. It, it just doesn't compute. They're both me. crazy. He, he's he, he is behind a locked door, and she I broke the window and window. tried to open the door, the locked okay. door. Right. But he's firing at will to a crowd of people, of which behind are four armed officers. So he's firing into a crowd. So even if, if he did it intentionally, then he murdered her. And if he did it unintentionally, he could have got four cops killed. I mean, th there's no not murder because he didn't even get tried for it. Like no, their policy changed that, their just policy because he didn't get tried for it doesn't mean it wasn't a murder. I think he got away with it. That's my opinion. Uh, I understand what you're saying about the laws of terrorism and, you know, just because she was in a bad place and she was breaking a window. I mean, this is... Uh, and unlocking a door. Well, gone through, we've gone I mean, through the video. We've covered it. And by the way, the 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 terrorist, uh, I mean, the, um, the guy that captured the video is the same guy in the MAGA garb from the $90,000 meme. It's the same guy. What's the ninety? He's the one that captured the video. He got paid for that video. He got paid ninety thousand for that. I mean, I'm not saying. I think he was just in the right place at the right time. Right. But he was right there where they were trying to break open the door. The same person I was just talking about a couple of minutes ago, who they claim is well, he's not Antifa. He's definitely not Antifa. He's anything but Antifa. Look, he's wearing a red hat. He was, <laughs> you know, he was right. He can't be in. There's no. I'm way. telling you though, if I if I take a video, it doesn't matter if I'm right or left. Somebody asked me ninety grand for my video. Oh, I don't blame. I, I don't blame him. I don't know what happened to him after that. But give me my and his brother's on social brother. media saying, "Say his brother is actually on social media saying, this is my brother. He's the one that took the video. He got paid for it, and he's in Antifa. What what more do you need to know?"
Right. But now I'm not like, and and, and, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that the cop was right. I have no problem saying this is a dumb cop. It was a dumb shoot. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but I'm, I'm also saying that you got to learn a lesson from Ashley Babbitt. Or you're gonna, but, or these mistakes are gonna repeat. You can't fuck around with stupid people. And my shark analogy was a good analogy. You can't fucking just trust these just sharks agree. swimming with these sharks all the time. Like I hate. I my my kids are fascinated with this chick. She's like a tiger shark woman. That's why I'm obsessed yeah. with the shark thing. She swims with these like fucking fifteen foot tiger sharks, and she like pats them on the nose and pushes them away. She talks all about like how they're so docile and it's a bad on Like I mark my words, dude. Tantradamus, this bitch will get fucking drugged to the bottom of the ocean by one of these things before this is all over. Just like Steve Irwin or anybody else. Like you fuck around long enough, these assholes are they're like those sharks. Like they're predators, dude. They're key predators. Steve Irwin would have been a better example because he got hit in the chest with a barb from a distance. There you go. I'll support your claim then. <laughs> you know, she's going to get smacked. But, you know, I, um, I, you know, it's like, I don't think where anybody sees that that's reasonable either. And, and, and like going, taking a Chris Rock route, right? Right. You get slapped in the face. You wait a year. You come back and you go on Netflix in front of a yeah. huge audience and, and you, you lay waste to your, to your client. <laughs> you do it legally and you do it uh, ethically. Right. Um, and you do it right. Like that's a battle of the minds and that's the way you win. You know, you, you go through these insurrections, you go to these things, but you got to know, like, dude, I, I have no problem protesting. I've never done it. I've never gone to a protest. Um, I went to a prayer thing one time. It was like a million man prayer thing where we went and prayed for DC. And I thought that was really cool. And I, and I accepted that like, Hey, listen, if something pops off here, you know, some terrorist doesn't like Christians, like I'm willing to die for this. Like I'm willing to pray like, th- you know, that's a peaceful thing. That's a private thing. Um, there was no like big signs, you know, it was just a very quiet from this time to this time moment of silence, pray for DC. Um, and there was a lot, of, I don't know if there was a million people there, but there was a fucking lot of people there. Um, I, there's not very many things that other than the Epstein shit, like, I think I would get behind the Epstein thing. Like it means enough to me that I would, if there was like a legit protest, I would go and I would join it. Um, but to the point of once the tear gas and all that stuff go off, I mean, you're either going to like, you're either I'm in this to take this over and win this or I'm fully retreating. So I don't understand like where people think that like what was like you're all in, dude. And as a cop, if you're seeing this, like you have to assume that these people are all in. And that's why I called it an insurrection is because once they breach the doors, like you have to assume there's no retreat plan because who in their right mind goes that far and then just says, ah, fuck it. Like I just came in here to pray. Dude, no, your mindset is like, Dude, these guys are coming to take the fucking White House. This is crazy. Like, what, I, what I'll tell you, I, I agree with you in the sense that uh, a peaceful protest is a constitutional guarantee. So if you're pro 2A or it, like, you know, if you're pro, if you're pro Constitution, you would have no problem with Black Lives Matter because it's a it, because it's a peaceful assembly to it, it, they have the right to everyone has the right to petition the government. Everybody has the right to peacefully protest and when it turns violent that's different when there's arson involved and all that now even when you say just a second ago when the tear gas goes off well the government's deciding when the tear gas goes off it doesn't necessarily mean that that's that that things have turned violent at that point they were completely outnumbered and and you know i can't say it enough they they were pawns listen they they are the children in a horrible divorce between the right and the left and they are no they were sharks in a shark family <laughs> they were, 
they were prawns in a shark tank. But they were prawns in a shark tank. I, I am begging you to let me play this this intro from Tucker Carlson. Good, so you can hear that he is not he's not portraying cops as bad by any light by any stretch. He is being accused of that though. But how do we fix it? Years as okay. a Capitol Police officer on January. Oh, that's the wrong clip. Anyway, what Real did you say? Crime. Oh, they no, will here. tell you again and again is not what happened on Election Day 2020. The real crime is what happened two months later on January 6th when Donald Trump led an insurrection against the duly elected American government. To prove that claim and to divert attention from the details of the presidential election itself, Democrats in Congress impaneled what they called the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack. The point of that committee was to prevent Donald Trump from running for president again. In December of last year, committee members voted unanimously to refer Trump to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution, mission accomplished. But what the committee did not do was explain what happened inside the Capitol on January 6th. Three weeks ago, thanks to the new Republican Speaker's Office, we gained access to thousands of hours of surveillance video that help answer that question. Okay, can you January stop it really 6th, quick? He had access to yeah. this very same tape and watched. <laughs> He got they got access to a thousand hours tapes. Why don't we have access to the thousand hours tapes? Because the house, first of all, there have been several FOIA requests for it. What ha what happened was when they changed Why does Tucker leadership. Tucker Carlson get it, but not everybody else. Right. What happened was when they changed leadership in um, the house, right? Or the Senate. I don't. Know. I'm having a moment. C student. Uh, C student at best. One of the chambers where uh, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, right. by the way. When the House gained control, they said, no more of this. We're giving up the footage, and we're going to choose who we give it to, and we're going to give it to Tucker Carlson. Everybody now focuses on Tucker Carlson being um, the villain and being um, uh, biased and, and cherry-picking parts. Of, but the, the, the issue that w with all of this is that everybody else had the cherry-picked footage for years and years and years. They give this stuff to Tucker Carlson and they give him the gift wrap of being able to. But did they give him the gift wrap or did they give him a curse? Because now in the, the top news on all of this, which is not helping the morale of Capitol Police at all, because now they have to deal right. with this. That's the divorce. Uh, but if you look at every single headline about Tucker Carlson, the media has literally taken gasoline and put it on a match. He doesn't and care. fucking blew it up. Um, he, he doesn't care. And I agree with him. Like okay. he, he's he, he said as much. He's like. In fact, the second the second night of this, uh, there's there's four consecutive nights that I didn't get to see. Yes, last night's because I was busy doing comp center. But he's he said, you know, what 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 is everybody hiding essentially? Like you can tell the liars by the way they're moving their hands and screaming and being dramatic. All I'm doing is presenting to you what we see on the video, and, and he explains the process in here. Um, like if you just give me the second, I don't. You know, sure. I don't want to dominate it with video, but much of it. But as we're about to show you, committee members lied about what they saw and then hid the evidence from the public, as well as from January 6th criminal defendants and their lawyers. This is where I have the biggest issue, by the way. And, and he's he's he is a talented, in my opinion, and uh, at least a tenured member of the media. He knows what's going to get him sued. And he literally just called the panelists liars. And he's not afraid of that. He, he doesn't fear that one bit. He can support it. That is unforgivable. Whatever you think of Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he rectified that crime, and we are grateful that he did.
Before we show you the tape, a few words on the process. Our producers had unfettered access to the Capitol surveillance video. Neither the Speaker's office nor our bosses at Fox News interfered in any way with our investigation. Of the 40,000 or so hours of tape, most of it turned out to be irrelevant. Static shots of empty rooms, in some cases far from the Capitol itself. To find relevant videotape, our producers were given use of Capitol computers with advanced mapping software. That made it easy to find what we were looking for. What we didn't have was access to facial recognition software, and that was significant. For more than two years, we have wondered why some in the crowd that day who seemed to be inciting violence were never indicted for it. We assumed these were federal agents of some sort. We still assume that. And in fact, there were many examples of behavior we saw in those tapes that didn't seem to make sense. Men in civilian clothes holding doors open for protesters, escorting others through the Capitol, etc. We would love to know who these people were. But as of tonight, we don't know. And because we don't know, we're not going to put their faces on the screen and suggest they were federal agents. That would be irresponsible. So there were many mysteries we could not solve. Among them, unfortunately, is the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. From the evidence we have, the publicly available evidence, it seems clear that Babbitt was murdered by a Capitol Hill police officer called Michael Byrd. Ashley Babbitt was unarmed. She was shorter in stature than average. She posed no conceivable threat to anyone. But beyond that, we can only speculate about what happened. There were no security cameras near the speaker's lobby where Ashley Babbitt was killed. And one more thing. Virtually no one in Washington, Republican or Democrat, certainly not in the news media, wanted to see this tape released tonight. That's why it's remained hidden for more than two years. In recent weeks, the usual hyenas in Congress and on cable news have been howling about we are putting lives at risk by showing he this tape that? to the public. Yeah, I think that's a bad analogy. Given that these are hyenas, I think um, he should use sharks, to be honest with you. Okay, <laughs> the very this... same people who support open borders and defunding the police, it is hard to take their complaints seriously. But we do take security seriously. So before airing any of this video, we checked first with the Capitol Police. We're happy to say their reservations were minor, and for the most part, they were reasonable. In the end, the only change that we made was in blurring the details of a single interior door in the Capitol building. You're unlikely even to notice it when we show you, and we are confident it does not affect our reporting. With that, here's the video. It doesn't answer every question from January 6th, far from it. But it does prove beyond doubt the Democrats in Congress, assisted by Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, lied about what happened that day. They are liars. That is conclusive. And that fact should prevent them from ever being taken seriously again. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Right, but Instead, like, I just showed you a video, escorting and I've seen the, the rest building, of this video. Including the now um, infamous QAnon shaman. Watch. See, these are I'm, the pictures you've the seen of think January 6th. Important is he's not hiding. They're familiar because they've he's been not, playing that's on bad, a loop dude. That's on every media bad. outlet in America for he's the last two bad. years. Yeah. There's a reason He's also that. saying that that's all you saw and that there is a but second But it turns break. out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. 
And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. That's, oh, By controlling that's the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled <laughs> how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, Shit. possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. We're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named name? Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. 
he should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, hey, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, what would that dude say if it was a Black Lives Matter extremist here. You know what I'm saying? Not Jacob Chance. He goes both ways. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even Nazi. happened. But it did. So, so I talked okay, to one of the officers that knows the cop that's in most of these videos that's checking the doors. Yeah. Here's the funny thing about that cop, which you may or may not know. Uh, that cop is not assigned to the Capitol building. <laughs> um, and it's not his jurisdiction. I mean, it's obviously it's his jurisdiction, but it's not his uh, it's not his zone, if you will. It's not that, his that would that would make sense because they went to a secured locked door that probably has very tightly controlled access and they tried to open it. So, I, I mean, it, now it makes he sense said that, that those officers didn't know the inside. My, my story said that like, honestly, he's like, we were told at that point that like, do whatever you have to do to deescalate and do whatever you have to do to preserve what you can without violence. Like, like try to reserve the white house. And he's like, dude, he goes, you got to remember at this point too, there's like the capital. some of uh, the capital. He's like, some of these cops really didn't have any, they, they didn't, they didn't have any command. They didn't have any uh, supervisors because they were pulled everywhere. And it was so rapidly changing that really nobody knew what was going on. So if you can imagine for a second uh, being a lying cop, like myself, right? Like I know what to do when I'm serving a warrant. I know, I know how that plays out. When a motherfucker runs, I know what to do. Like, I know how to chase them. I know when to tackle them. I know what affirmative movements I'm looking for. I know how to affect that arrest, and I know how to do it appropriately. Put me in a position where I'm inside of the White House all of a sudden, which I, I'm not used to being there, just because you're Capitol Police. You know, for me, I worked yeah. in the city of Raleigh. I've never been in the Capitol building of Raleigh. Right. Ever. Well, how could you be a Australian police officer and you've never even been in the I've never even been into the museum until like a few weeks ago so you know um, I wouldn't know my way around the museum and I, and I work there so these guys didn't know their way around now all of a sudden you, you don't have like one they don't have any means of detaining anybody they've told do not detain anyone because we don't have any structure to set up to watch them to interview them every swinging dick that we have or swinging pair of titties that we have working for us is busy. <laughs> so they were actually cutting zip ties off of people. They said, just try to prevent shit from breaking. Now, everybody, that's what I say about scary cops. Everybody's going to act differently. Your interpretation of de-escalation is my, my, my interpretation, you know, for this black guy that was a Biden supporter, his version of de-escalation was to put the MAGA hat on and just fucking go yeah. with it to get his 12 dudes out. Now, because yeah. he put that MAGA hat on and he's a Biden supporter, he's been crucified. Like that's how deranged the left is. He that, was fired. They, it's like it's like if you were a Christian and you urinated on the Bible. Like if they you came to me and you said, "Listen, you pee on that Bible right now, and you burn that Bible right now, or I kill all twelve of those guys over there." I'm fucking burning the Bible and I'm pissing on it because the Bible was probably made. I mean, I, who fucking knows? I'll justify it some way in my brain, but like that that object isn't worth those lives. I, yeah, I don't I, even, you know, so everybody's going to act differently. You might be like, fuck those 12 dudes. I'm not, you know, this Bible means too much to me. I'm not going to burn it. That's you. So this cop right here, you know, the, these guys are making decisions. Um, 
I, I get uh, it. Spur of the moment he, and out of fear. So him checking the doorknobs and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, that's that's his his way of de-escalation. I, I can't really fight that. Now, the cop I did talk to, he was like, look, dude, he's like, he laughed. He said, I don't, he's like, I know that guy. And like, my first thought was, why the fuck is he in the county? He's like, dude, is he part of a conspiracy? Absolutely fucking not. Like, he's like, I, he told me a lot oh, about no, this guy. I'm not going to disclose this guy's personal life. But like, just trust me when I say this guy gave me enough information that I'm convinced that he was not like some kind of conspiracy, whatever. This guy was just like, man, I don't fucking know what to do with this guy. Like, this guy's got a fucking... Like obviously he's the leader of some shit. Like he's doing his some face things. is painted and he has a Viking like, helmet on. Like, and, yeah, and, I'm just gonna let this guy. Like, I'll concede, Eric. I, I get it that they were trying to appease this guy. Where I don't think he should have gotten four years in prison. Yeah, where it goes south for me is they used him as the face of an insurrection. That's that's the guy who was the insurrectionist, the leader they, of this. Whole I told thing. you, dude. The and, fucking winner on. writes the history books, brother. Yeah, I know. And they also put him in prison for four years, but they never gave the defense this footage. Right. The, the the U.S. Attorney's Office had this, and they right. specifically did not give them well, this. Ben Darby's case is would... the same way. They didn't give like they wouldn't allow his training to be presented to the jury they wouldn't allow his, the investigation from the police department to be seen by the jury i mean th that's here, here's here's my my point in all of this drew it really is dude and i want people to learn from this you, if you're going to do this kind of thing if you're going to be involved in these kind of protests and and i believe that you should do it if, if you feel called just like missionaries if you're called to do it go do it but know that this is a consequence yes and this is part of that game, and it is arrest a game. is yeah arrest is a possibility. I, I don't I, I disagree that death is is on the table though. But I, what but I, 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 what if if you for one if I was if I'm a missionary and I, I've got a friend that's a missionary um trying to start a church right, in we, Russia. We're talking about two different things though. Well, I, okay, I, 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 I feel I like you thoughts. you're called to protest the same way you're called to to be in a missionary. Okay. No, you don't think so. I, I get what it's you're calling, saying. What, right? what I'm saying is arrest is like if you go to a, a, a pro or anti-abortion, if you go to an abortion clinic and you sit down and the abortion clinic wants you trespassed and you don't move, you just sit there, you're probably going to get a thumb <laughs> at your jaw sure. and you're going to get arrested and you're going to yeah. get, but that's the Great. chance you take. Right. I don't think an officer shooting from 30 yards away is on the table in that scenario. And, and Well, that's a way different I, scenario than a fucking thousands it. of people trying to push. On I get it. But I'm saying death should not be on the table over that kind of protest. That's all I'm saying. If there was uh, a shark. I, <laughs> that was very imperial. If the shark was eating a she thin hates my shark biscuit. <laughs> if he was eating a thin biscuit, he was a shark. So, I, you know, I... No, you got to be careful. <laughs> there it is, dude, with that mullet, man. Like, if I go and protest with this mullet, like, they're both, they're, they're basically gonna say, like, oh, you're straight militia leader. You, you're militia. He's fucking. You're King part militia. of that. Uh, what was that wolf pack or wolf whatever Wolverines from uh, from Michigan? That's that's what you are. You're one of those yep. Wolverine militia. Wolverines. <laughs> um, yeah, people love my my shark analogy. I didn't know that was gonna be the hit today. Um, I, you know, so I, at the end of the day, you know, the Tucker Carlson thing, uh, you know, he's showing a different side of the story. I think to make this right though, I think to make it all right, make it open source. Like I, I this is what I don't understand. Oh, yeah. like, why, 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 what gives Tucker Carlson the right 
to have that that thing and somebody okay, else but- doesn't get the right. What gives Epstein the right to have all his shit reacted, but the cop that diddled fucking uh, twelve year olds, uh, his shit gets to all you know delivered to everyone, anybody that wants it. I don't disagree with that, but I don't think that any of this is not going to be public record once it's been released. I mean, I think they just gave him the, the first crack at it is all. The first and, crack at it. And, and how is it, though, that like... Why does it take two years? Exactly. And by the way, they hired a, a producer from Good Morning America. The J6 committee hired a producer from Good Morning America to put together the montage for yeah. the end of their January 6th to show how violent and what an insurrection is and and, and all this other stuff. All to, so, in other words, the media is involved in all of this on both sides. Everybody's sure. evil in this. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the messy everybody's divorce evil. is the kids in the middle. The victim here is the Capitol Police or, officers. That's the real yes, victim. Yes. And, and like, it's the police officers that are struggling guys. in numbers. Like, this is yes. why they're all fucking quitting. And I'm sure the, that, I'm sure in some way or another, the insurrection did play into those five. You know, they didn't help their fucking suicide. I'll tell you that. Um, no, I got it. But, and, but, uh, but on the greater picture, because I'm telling you, that's what I preach on the, on the bigger picture. This is the state of law enforcement in the United States. The media vilifies law enforcement or the media uses vil- law enforcement as the pawn. It, it drives this social pressure for the officers to commit suicide because they don't think that there's anything that they can do that's right. And they're right. trying to be noble, just like you and I were like, we'd show up at a scene and all we're trying to do is. Uh, by the way, you called me and all we're trying to do is keep the peace or protect who needs to be protected. And we're just getting berated and bottles thrown at us and all this other shit. Uh, it's it, it's when it, it's that um, it's a house of mirrors. If you're going to I'm getting away from the ocean. It's a house of mirrors. You're just going to keep mm-hmm. bumping into yourself. You're going to try try to escape and try to escape. But everywhere you turn, you're the villain. And it's, you know, he it's, says uh, uh, the Capitol Police guys, they say, you know, at the point it, it, the job is at the point now where you just show up and everybody's attitude is. If it happens again, let it fucking burn and we'll take the report afterwards. Breaking that, that news, was, breaking uh, news, guys, uh, yeah. at the January 6th insurrection. OK, uh, there was a thin biscuit. Uh, that was oh, there he is. There's the thin biscuit. <laughs> Shit. He is. <laughs> I'm guilty, guys. There I am at the. uh, (laughs) While the shaman was giving a prayer, I was. I didn't know the cameras were rolling. I took a bite of my thin biscuit. Um, (laughs) Gosh, man. He's the thin biscuit shaman. There's no two ways about it. I. You know, he was just trying to pray, and I couldn't wait to sink my teeth into that that, uh, biscuit fill, thin biscuit. Biscuitville owns me some money. You know who else? You know, uh, you know why I don't protest. I don't get involved in this shit is because I sleep on a ghost bed, dude. When I sleep, when you sleep on a ghost bed, your give a fuck meter goes way down. All these things that seem super depressing and important and, 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 you know, suicide is on the table, dude. If you sleep on a ghost bed, if you get a good night's rest, a lot of those things, they just kind of fade away, man. They just kind of, they go into the distance and, you know, people talk about medicinal CDB oils and they talk about all the, you know, power of weight loss but we don't talk about the power yeah of they all sleep. talk about those cdb oils what are they <laughs> cassandra deck brown was our CDB. chief so i called her cdb so i, I probably I, I probably had a freudian slip there <laughs> cbd oils um uh you know you could try all those things but i think you should start with a ghost bed um, i think it's an investment that'll last you a lifetime they got a lifetime warranty made in the good old usa 
You know, USA. bet you if the old QAnon shaman was sleeping on a ghost bed, <laughs> he might have second guessed. You know, taking that chance. Of going, I'm not taking a chance and going to prison, baby. I'm not like, you know what? I'd go to one of these protests, but the middle of the minute they entered the the Capitol building, I'd be like, dude, I, that fucking looks dumb, and I'm not gonna do that. And you know why I I have that foresight and that educated mindset? It's because I have a good night's sleep, man. I'm able to look at that situation and say, you know what? This was fun. That looks like I could possibly either get shot or go to jail. Um, I'm surprised that there wasn't like secret service guys that like popped out of like, you know, like the, there's a painting on the wall with the eyes and the <laughs> eye moves and like a little barrel comes out, pow, like shoot somebody walking by. That's what I'd be scared of. I'd be like, guys, one of the columns. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln just looked at me. <laughs> I swear to God, his eyes are following me. You know what I mean? I'm that, I have that knowledge because I sleep on a ghost bed every night. And I'm I'm refreshed. I'm I, I have good sleep, you know. So you know, head over to ghostbed.com forward slash wolfpack. Get you a bed to sleep so good it's scary, man. Like, listen, you won't make some of these mistakes. Had that cop been in the hallway, had slept on a ghost bed, maybe he wouldn't have had a neck on a discharge and shot that poor girl in the face. You know, had he had good night's rest, he would have been able to think, man, maybe. Maybe I should hold off. None of these other SWAT dudes are shooting. Maybe I should hold back. I don't know. I'm just saying that Ghostbed makes the world in general, no matter what side of the fence you stand on, Ghostbed make everything better. Safer place. It makes the world a better place. We wouldn't be doing some of this crazy shit had we all just gotten a little bit more rest. Spend a little less time on the old TikToks and a little more time on your Ghostbed. Making love. Children <laughs> make love, not war. If you if you have a ghost bed, I guarantee you will not misspell CBD. <laughs> I got such a good rest last night. I'm so excited and happy to be here that. And I'm talking about CDB. I meant what I said, Chief Deck Brown. <laughs> right, you're not talking about CBD. You're I wasn't talking, talking about, about CBD. You are. We are the crazy ones. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that. You know. If you're trying to make, if, if you're trying to count on somebody like Cassandra Deck Brown to make your life better, you're fucking crazy. Count on a ghost bed. That bitch doesn't make anybody's life better. <laughs> Look at the violent crime stats in Raleigh. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's retired. I shouldn't take low blows at her. She's gone, and her son's a felon. So, ooh, that's got to be hard to live with every day. You have one job when you have a kid. Cops, that's kids, man. Dude, I'm telling it. you, man. Don't be a cop kid, but <laughs> cops got freaking felonies, you know? Like a little DUI, whatever, man. You want to flirt with a little bit of being, like maybe a little misdemeanor theft little or something like that. Here. Kids being kids, but like when you fuck up so bad that it's a felony or you fuck up so bad that you get charged for murder, like that's a parental mm -hmm. fail. Um, I don't, <laughs> he wants to know about LBTGQ oils. <laughs> oils that make you gay? Oh. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure that those are called IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you spelled IPA right. <laughs> you know those IAPs. Those IAPs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had a fun time in the chats, man. This uh, corn pop was a bad dude's here. Uh, he says felonies are gay. I don't know what that means. Mm. You're saying felonies are good or bad? I don't know. I'm pro gay, so pro happy, pro happiness. Um. I was investigating for murder once. That stuff sucks. Well, that does suck. I got I got investigated for murder. Somebody died in the backseat of my cop car. Hmm. Uh, or like, died in the backseat of the cop car I put him in. Um, I don't know if that. Yeah. Uh, where 
God guides, God provides approximately three years. I want to, I'm not going to read that dude. Uh, Ocean Obsidian had a long comment, but uh, I can't read it. It's too many big words there. It was Imperial cool. Girl. Thanks for being in here. Lumber Chef Bosco, Falconator, Tactic Cool Dude. Um, I know you guys like that. If you, uh, last call, if you haven't heard last call last night, there's a little contest, a little giveaway, just something for fun. So I can use stamps.com if you want to mail something out, if you want to be a part of the team. If you got your little essential oils business, your little side gig, your, your multi level marketing company that you've started on the side, you ever fall into one of those, Drew? Did you ever get sucked in in your life? I am a pure. I did. Scheme. No, no, I, 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 I did once. I, I the Advocare thing got me for a minute. The what? Advocare, like Drew Brees, like actually Drew Brees was on Advocare, and uh, I was trying to lose weight. The guy got me on it and talked to me into like selling it, and then finally somebody sat me down, and be like, you know, that's a pyramid scheme. I'm like, no, it's different, dude. And then they did like the this one's different. <laughs> they did the office thing, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just My threw it out for you. <laughs> That's a pyramid. But if you got your own little side business side, man, you're not using stamps.com. You're already behind the game. You're already behind the competition. Uh, Falconator says her husband loves ghost bed. Do you not? You got that relationship, Falconator, where your husband makes you sleep outside, outside of his bedroom? I got to get off of work in the morning, bitch. You snore too loud. Go sleep on a couch. <laughs> the- oh, there it is. The office. <laughs> what a great shot. So if you get any takeaways from today's show, don't swim with sharks. All right. I don't care how much you love them, how pretty, how misunderstood. Don't fuck with snakes, man. It's a Satan's pet. I got in a debate with another guy today on the social media webs. Posted a picture of his snake, a yellow snake wrapped around his fucking neck. And he was like, My snake loves to sleep here. It, you know, feels warm and safe. I was like, no, that bitch is fantasizing about fucking killing you. <laughs> He's sleeping good because like killing things is what snakes do and it's that much closer to killing you he probably sleeps on a snake bed they're all the same though all those people that love to flirt with danger and i think they're so edgy i got a pit bull they're the most misunderstood animals and i got a snake they're so misunderstood lions are so misunderstood (laughs) okay well numbers lie tigers my tiger is so misunderstood gosh dude anybody that owns that shit the tank full they piranhas, they are just completely misunderstood. Oh, they just want to be fed. man. Look at my electric eel. The house I stayed in, the little Airbnb I stayed in, the guy had like the fucking three most deadliest fish in the world. I was like bragging about it. And I was like, why? Like, why even leave it? Like, why even leave your house like susceptible? Like, what if, I don't know. Like, what if one of these things jumps out while you're trying to feed it and it kills you? Over like, to you? Why do you have stuff around you that has the potential of just killing you instantly? I, Living on the edge, I guess. Go skydiving or something. <laughs> don't live with it. I don't know. Swim. Got anything else before we wrap this show up? <clears throat> I do not. I, I do. I, I the, the only thing I will say is this: just to wrap it up with a neat little bow. Stop weaponizing the criminal justice system. That guy. We sent an innocent man to prison. In my opinion, maybe not an innocent True. man. Maybe he should have answered the charges. Well, I mean, we we keep doing that. We did it with Derek Chauvin. Yeah, we, um, we just 22 keep, years is not keep. reasonable. We've done it with uh, Ben Darby. Not reasonable. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Schur is going through the same thing. It's just we, we're probably going to break down at some point the the the, the, the Marine uh, in Michigan. Like we'll make an example out of these guys, but we won't make an example out of like serial killers. <laughs> like yeah. Alec Murdoch. We won't make an example. We'll give you two life sentences. No, like <laughs> fucking let's hang that bitch in the town square and fucking make an example. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Could be. Right. Yeah. Crazy times we live in, man. Yeah. But, you know, that's what happens when you lose an election. Yep. If you lose your erection. <laughs>